and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined today by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hello. Today we are going to be tackling the topic of post-COVID life. So it's a little little bit of a throwback to an episode uh, that we did in the beginning of all this, I believe, early March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we recorded it when I came to Nashville. Yep. And that was like the last week you could ever travel anywhere. Yes. So I'm glad I got to see you when I saw you. Me too. Because I wouldn't have seen you after. It was special. Um, it was special. We had some, <laughs> well, we had some good burgers. We did. All to ourselves. Some solid beer. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, we kind of want to revisit this subject, what we think life is going to be like post-COVID, uh, what people are going to do, and uh, just kind of talking with Sam. How long has this phone call been so far? <laughs> we are an hour and hour 27 and minutes already. into our phone call. We already did an episode. <laughs> yeah, we already did an episode and a half. Um, I actually think, Sam, that you and I are going to have very different opinions. I'm sure we will. So I'm excited to get into this. And you can get into it from, uh, I feel like, at least three different angles. You can get into it from the uh, the artist perspective. Mm-hmm. You can get into it from the live performance perspective. Yes. So like venues and whatnot, um, large and small. Uh, and you can get into it from the recording perspective, which goes which goes all the way down. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm really curious what uh, what your thoughts are. Where do you Where do you think you want to start on all this? Well, I'd like to uh, do a quick recap of the previous episode, and then I can jump into some of my <coughs> thoughts on where we are. Yeah, and where we're we'll, going. Just, we'll just do a back and forth. For Wonderful, this episode. great. Well, as uh, as our audience may know. We did an episode, like Matt said, in March about COVID. And um, pretty much everything we said in that episode, I actually think was almost spot on. Um, We talked a lot about, I talked about just reminding people that this moment isn't all moments. And that's still true today. And spoke about how from the beginning of March, a month in, three months, six months, a year, we'll know more about the virus. Things will start to open back up. And as of today in June, middle of June, um, things are opening back up. Um, In Nashville, people are starting to record again uh, in the larger studios. We just had a uh, phase two. We're in four phases of reopening in Nashville so we just got stuck on phase two because we had an uptick of um, COVID positive cases. So we're going to be in phase two, which is basically kind of like a 50% capacity in most places. No venues still, no bars. Live music is pretty much limited to like one person. But the bars aren't open really, so that's where most of the venues are or places people play live so there's really no live music going on right now and the majority of large studios are still kind of a big question mark um, I think they're being more cautious than jumping back into it and I also think part of that has to do with 
labels are unsure on how to approach the future um, and also the present day as major venues probably won't be open. My prediction is maybe maybe they'll open towards end of year, but probably not till next spring is my prediction. Um, I bet we won't see touring until next spring or summer. Um, now, are you saying major venues won't reopen? Are you saying that in correlation to you don't think the tours are going to start picking back up? Correct. Until then, or just in general, they're not going to I don't open think, at all? I don't think we're going to see any tours this year at okay. all. I think we may see a few <clears throat> specialized shows um, maybe towards end of summer, end of fall, very specialized type events, but we are not. My prediction is we're not going to see any touring um, through the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. And um, I basically feel that way based on kind of the word on the street within town, but also there are... Um, just a lot of people not making, not not necessarily not making music, but not um, releasing or delaying release because they know they can't tour for the rest of the year. Um, and a lot of this is public knowledge because we've seen all our a lot of major artists have canceled their tours. So they're the the logistics of trying to reschedule a tour just isn't possible when you're within the last six months of this year. It just isn't possible to get crew and everything lined up. Major tours are a massive um, undertaking. They're usually Mm -hmm. planned out at least a whole year, basically a year ahead. Um, And even then, stuff comes up that has to be adjusted, and that's in best-case scenario um, situations. So there's just no way logistically um, that it's going to work. And a lot of venues, that would be every venue would have to open back up as normal, um, which there is no currently, in my mind, the next six months to a year, there's no going back to normal. Obviously, everything has quote-unquote changed um, as far as what we're doing right now with sanitation and treatment and people are working for vaccines still but I do honestly believe that in a year or so Lord willing there's not like a whether or not you believe COVID's we reacted correctly or not if there's a second wave that'll be bad obviously but as long as another pandemic doesn't hit us next year I think I think a year from now you'll see life being very back to the way it was um People are very resilient. They're also very forgetful. And things that we thought were awful or scary, our brain has a nice way sometimes of suppressing that to where we mentally no longer think that thing is scary or that it uh, will come back. That may or may not be a good thing that our brain does that, but it does happen. Um, So... You know, my initial prediction is that for the next 12 months, from a, a big artist perspective, it's going to be a big question mark and people are going to have to adapt. But um, 
what I've seen since our last episode, which we talked about people, um, basically people could use this time, the last three months, to prepare on how they're going to um, react or function after, you know, the initial safe at home is done. And the people, you know, we kind of talked about people that didn't really have a strong business or sustainability to begin with, COVID will probably knock them out, which I've seen a number of um, people close up shop basically because they didn't have a strong enough business or runway. And granted within this, there are plenty of amazing businesses and companies and studios that had done very well and could not withstand three months of no work that is not, um, that's not a good situation. And I'm not saying that um, like those people didn't have a great business because there's a couple I know of in town that shut down because they just couldn't have people in for three months. So that's um, that sucks. But I think for the majority of what we said in the previous episode, most of that has turned out to be correct. And I think what I'm seeing right now, it's kind of been interesting through COVID. I personally, and there's a number of people in town I know who did not see any decrease in work. Um, there was an interesting thing kind of going around town that basically we as a community realized how many people make music at home and how many indie artists actually make everything basically via remote or home already. And those artists mm. make their living off of streaming, sync, TV, film, a couple thousand loyal fans who buy t-shirts and support them and give them money via Patreon or different crowdsourcings. Um, and so the majority of my work is probably 75% or so is like indie artists, indie pop, rap, um, and then... 25% or so is major label stuff with country and CCM mainly and a little bit of pop. But it was just interesting to see that kind of divide happen where indie artists kept going as usual. And um, for people like me, I just kept mastering as usual their records. And a lot of them had time to finish a bunch of songs ahead or finish things they didn't have time to because um, a lot of them still work jobs and most of them for like a few weeks, a lot of them got paid leave and things like that when they were figuring out what is actually going on. So a lot of my clients had like three weeks to a month to really just work on music and they knocked out a ton of stuff. Um, so... We saw that like within town, like the indie scene just kind of has kept going um, because the indie scene isn't super dependent on major touring. Um, and then we've seen major label, major management companies kind of all, they're all scratching their head trying to figure out how do we um, recover from when we make the majority of our money off large gatherings of people touring, um, selling merch there, things like that, ticket sales. So it's been a very interesting three months. Um, and for anyone out there who is struggling or 
had their business stop full blown, I am uh, extremely sorry about that. And that is super hard. I would encourage people to, to, I would say, go with the idea that this moment's not all moments and that if your business has suffered the last three months or you feel like quitting, you can pivot and do something different from now, but you also have the freedom to try again. There's no shame in a business failing. Um, there are things that have happened in the last three months that are 100% out of our control. And I just want everybody listening to not feel shame or feel like you're missing out or you didn't do anything or you didn't do something right necessarily if you have struggled the last few months. Um, depending on where you are at in your career, these last three months would drastically impact you differently. And I'm fully aware of that. I think if this was my first few years into this and not I'm year 10 now into all of this, I think I would have been absolutely terrified and probably had a lot of clients not keep making music. So I'm extremely sympathetic to everyone out there that has had a struggle or literally has had no work the last few months. Um, and if you do need help or want to bounce ideas off me, I'll speak for myself, please DM me and we can talk through that. I've helped a number of people through the last few months kind of think out what they can do to keep the lights on essentially and keep this going because a number of people want to keep making music. So I want to encourage everybody to keep making music, to try again if you feel like you've failed, um, and encourage everybody to remember that this moment, once again, is not all moments. And that's not to tell us not to just like be not be present, but it's an encouragement to see that Everything goes in cycles, business goes in cycles, life goes in cycles, and um, things I do believe will get better. And I feel like they are getting better, but it will be a slow process. So that's my opening monologue, number one. So much for a back and forth. <laughs> you know There's I can't plenty. back and forth. I know. I know. I know. So Matt, I know. what are your thoughts? How do you view uh, the last few months and where we're headed? What do you see? I mean, as far as live, larger acts go, I, I, I do think you're right. I think it would be uh, kind of presumptuous to assume that um, we're going to see anything massive happen this year. I mean, I'm a... Uh, and anyone who knows me pretty well knows I'm a pretty big Dave Matthews fan, and they have a uh, there's, there there was a video that was put out several years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, about uh, all their behind the scenes and a lot of the people who make the shows work. And I mean, they tour. I think I think this is the first summer they're not touring in some twenty some odd years of of doing this. And I, th I think I'm vastly undershooting how long they've been touring for. But yeah, uh, one of the one of the first summers they're not doing it, and uh, in that documentary they were saying how th at the time that band alone supported ninety nine families, hmm. which is pretty mind blowing to think of. So you you figure it's like okay, well you have 
if any of these people are married, let's just say they're all married. Let's say they have two kids. So now that's like close to 400 people. So given that you don't need anyone else to give money to, that is that is an insane responsibility yeah. for um, uh, for that for that band. So yeah, I can't imagine the logistic nightmare it is going to be to get all this back up and running. Um, you're going to need some type of network and uh, essentially you're going to need some type of guideline at the state level. And uh, because if if a tour doesn't happen, I mean, it's either going to go really, as you said, and like you and I were talking an hour and a half, it's either going to go like absolute ham and people are ready to work 200 days a year or um, it's going to still be a bit limited by states who feel uncomfortable about opening a venue to that many people. Yeah. Um, I mean... I think a big indicator, candidly, will be uh, what happens. This actually is probably going to be the biggest indicator. What is going to happen with uh, the NFL in late August, early September? Yeah. I think, I mean, that is um, one of the largest watched organized sports uh, in the United States. Um, I don't know going on with anything with soccer or anything but i know any sport that is continuing currently is doing so with empty stadiums so yeah. i've heard rumors that uh they may play to empty stadiums but it's like so it's if you watch it are they going to pump in crowd noise or what What are they going to do <laughs> um i know the ufc is still doing fights or they may they maybe started back fights um and uh i was listening to i think I think Joe Rogan, who's an announcer on uh, for UFC, was talking about like it's so weird announcing but not having like the crowds there to kind of like amp stuff on. He's like, you can literally hear managers and whatnot like yelling to the fighters what to do, and you can like hear like skin on skin like hitting and stuff like that. He's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's really eerie um, being able to hear all of it and. Uh, so I don't know. Is it going to open to? I mean, you obviously couldn't do concerts without people. I mean, you you and I were talking about you had a few uh, you you had a few uh, things in Texas where you'd have drive-in concerts and just kind of wasn't the same. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I think an NF, I, I think the NFL is going to be a very big indicator as to what happens. Um, isn't the NBA going to do something? Like, yeah, I they're going to try and do a, a short season. Mm-hmm. And uh, are they gonna like try to make back up for like? Well, I mean, they only have like it's like a big month. Yeah, it's like you have like March Madness. It's like we're gonna get the bracket in. They're they're gonna make the bracket happen one way or another. Yeah, they're gonna have in twenty twenty playoffs. I think in September. Um, but yeah, they're gonna attempt to do a season. Yeah, and uh, in all honesty, I think I I, I think we're a bunch of money is going to be made is the small local artists and with indie artists. Um, people are not going to be able to go to shows. I mean, there's just no way. It's like you go to uh, right down the street, you have like, what is it, like the North Charleston Coliseum and I, I don't know, maybe 30, 40,000 people fit in there. It's like, you're not going to do that. There, there's no way that's going to happen in 2020. Um, 
but you have little tiny bars and whatnot that uh, that local communities support, and you have bands that uh, gather around and like communities support that band, and I think that's what's really gonna that's what's gonna pump up. So I I'm I'm kind of of the belief it's gonna start from these smaller indie bands and kind of work back up to the larger tours. Yeah. And I don't know, it's like maybe labels are just going to kind of see and wait what happens, wait and see what happens with a lot of this. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty skeptical. I'm pretty skeptical. And it's like you 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 look at like you were saying with Nashville that uh that y'all are kind of stuck in phase 2. And it's like do I think we're going to have a resurgence? I think you'll ha- you, I mean I think it's natural to have a second wave of anything. I mean, you look at like right. an earthquake. It's like there's always like a second wave. It's like you look at like just about anything. There's always going to be a second wave. Do I think it's going to be worse? No, I don't think it's going to be worse. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be quick. Yeah, that that's my guess. Um, but I think that'll kind of like scare a lot of people back into like how freaked out people were in March. Right. Not really knowing what was going on, and then hearing like that the worst of it was going to come in April. Yeah. Then everyone was kind of like waiting for that week of doom. Like, okay, I waited inside. Can I come out? <laughs> if I go outside, am I going to see my shadow? Is uh, if I see my shadow, is COVID going to come for another six weeks? Uh, it's it's like, what's going to happen? So, uh, I think uh, I don't know. Like, as for the world post COVID, I feel like the music community is a very and what I'm going to say is like very no brainer, mm-hmm. but I feel like the music community is a very creative place, uh, and not necessarily from a music side, but from like, hey, well, maybe we can spin this in a way so that it makes people feel comfortable to come to these shows or whatnot. And um, I know a bunch of people doing live shows, and I, I, I believe a handful of people are tuning into those and I don't know necessarily what cash those raise or whatnot, but <laughs> I know at least I know at least three studios that have upgraded to uh to gig internet and are kind of hosting live sessions out of their studios now mm-hmm. uh with people tuning in. And I like I said, from a revenue basis, I don't really think that does much from but from a um from a band being relevant stance. And maintaining relevancy in a scene, uh, I do think that that goes a long way. And then, uh, as people are raising cash, or if like a show is for a certain cause, um, then you you can have that. I am seeing a bunch of people, and you and I were talking once again. Of course, we talked about we talked about everything in the first hour and a half. <laughs> Should have recorded that. Um, no, that's the hour and a half we don't record for a reason. Um, <laughs> I've seen a bunch of people uh, not release records. Yeah. I have records as far back as March that have gotten pushed until early dates in June. And we're right now recording this in early June. This will air, I believe, uh, around the middle to the end of July. And uh, I lost my train of thought. I have like someone beeping on my phone, and I think it's like a car dealership. <laughs> Because I was like, I accidentally gave him my information because I'm looking at getting another car. Because um, shit, what a better time to buy a car right now. Everyone's trying to... Trying to unload inventory. Everyone's trying to unload. Did you see Hertz went out of business? I did. Now if you go on like Hertz.com, it's now to essentially purchase their fleet. Yeah. So yeah, everyone's pivoting. So uh, 
I think I was talking about local and small artists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 pushing albums. Yeah, I, I've had albums from March get pushed. And they got pushed until early June, and now they're pushing further until uh, until the end of June. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I feel like a, like a little bit up the ladder, a little bit higher on the ladder, um, some more established bands in the indie scene um, have no problem putting out. Um, are you are you seeing full records be put out, or just people like dropping singles here and there? Well, I've had. I mean, people are dropping singles, but I have done more full lengths in this COVID season than I have in usually a whole year. Like, it's I'm been talking a, about like what has been released. Um, I mean, I had a a full length come out last week. So yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a couple full lengths come out during COVID, okay. but once again, like the majority of this is indie artists. Who are like, mm-hmm. I think that's been the interesting thing about this, and it's put a spotlight on. And this is something we talked about. Um, I talked about in our Grammy next Zoom, our Zoom meetings we've been having during COVID because we can't meet in person. But COVID has totally destroyed the stigma of work from home, make records from home, because you've had no choice mm. but to make records from home. So there's a lot of... What, everyone decided that that sucked? Yeah. <laughs> We're tired of being cooped up. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. So people are making records from home this last three months. Um, and now it's like, oh, you can work from home. That's fine. Not a big deal. People are doing it. I've had a number of people that are decent, you know, people with publishing deals, producers, even some artists that are signed with like Prescription RX. Um, they've bought their own microphones, own gear, and learned how to record themselves. Hmm. Um, and I've realized... That. What's that? I said I've had a lot of that. Yeah, and they realized that recording themselves is actually very doable um, and that they're <clears throat> probably just keep doing that remotely and not book out session time. Um, so there's a, there's pros and cons to that. Pros is like they could potentially crank out more songs for producers, mixers, people, mastering engineers to work on. Con could be the studio that normally would get that work is now not going to. Um, but, but it's just, I don't know, we're just in a very interesting time of... Home studio is now definitely like going to take a huge bite out of large format studios. Um, But I think at least on the large label level, you're going to see, like, I don't think Nashville's going to collapse like it's studio scene at all. No. I could see smaller towns that have bigger studios struggle um, that aren't in the most music-friendly city. But mm. I think Nashville, L.A., Atlanta, Miami, Chicago, New York, major music hubs, those large studios, I think have an established enough business that a few months isn't going to kill them. And a lot of them, too, a lot of, a lot of big studios are always behind in theory like by a week or six weeks so 
I've probably had a week or six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Just depends. That should work out perfect for them then. Exactly. So there are multiple larger studios that I work for where they finally caught up on mixing albums um, that have been behind for a month or so. And, um, you know, their, their clients are lined up and ready to come back as soon as they can, which some have started already. So that gap isn't as detrimental to the, the larger studios, but it will be interesting to see, you know, within the next year, touring is going to dictate so much of how the major labels react um, and, mm-hmm. and change things. So it's hard to tell. Um, I'm optimistic that touring will happen again in within 12 months. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen people do full lengths, um, but there's a lot of singles, a lot of single talk just to kind of keep momentum going um, during this time while I think everyone's trying to figure it out. And um, I think people right now are going to have to adapt. Like Labels are going to have to adapt. I even have to adapt to a little bit of figuring out people's timelines. I've had a number of albums I've done on spec um, just so people can have content to put out once, you know, COVID's kind of let up and they can go start playing around town again or even even doing in-person co-writes or meetings with publishers, things like that. I've kind of had the approach during this whole time to not be essentially um, like a, a dam in the river for people I want all my clients to be able to come out out of this ready to go with with product essentially so that they can start promoting it, making money off of it and come back to everybody, songwriters, producers, studios, mixing, mastering and pay again. Um, and that's something, that'll be the interesting thing. There's a lot of people all across the country that have their rates cut by companies or publishers or um, some sync stuff I'm a part of, the budget got cut and basically asking for the same amount of work um, for less pay. And that's something that is um, is unfortunate, but it's also something long-term for me. I, I view these companies as a company I want to invest into and they've invested into me for many years. So it's not a big deal to take a little cut for a bit, but um, I'm hoping that within the next 12 months, even outside of the music industry, businesses that have cut people's pay or things like that will return those, obviously, because peop- for the majority, most people are still doing the same amount of work um, and they've just taken a cut to try and keep everything afloat. So I'm hoping we see in the future that type of thing return um, to where people are being compensated as they were before. Um, that would be a nice thing for everyone. But it really, like, at the end of the day for me, especially at the mastering stage, um, we are all in this together. We all need each other um, for the most part. And especially at mastering, I need people to keep making records, keep writing songs, keep recording, keep mixing, and then send it to me so that I can continue to help finish records for people and get them out so they can then repeat the cycle and so we can all enjoy what we love doing 
So that's a long-winded answer to your question. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Monologue 2 snuck in there. Oh, shit. <laughs> so what do you think about, uh, about during this? What do you think about uh, cutting rates, like, personally? Oh, that's such a good question. I have done the approach of, um, I mean, I've pretty much kept my full rate. Most of my clients mm-hmm. have been fine with that. I've had a conversation with almost all of them that I initiated which was basically a self-awareness that, hey, we don't know what's going on. Hey, I know you had tours planned. Hey, I know we were supposed to finish this album so you could promote it coming into summer. Because summer is a very large time for all artists usually. Um, Just people tour a lot. Even if you're a small artist and you don't tour a ton, you definitely tour during spring, summer. Um, And so I pretty much was able to get paid by a full rate. I did a number of things, like I said, literally for free um, for some people that just didn't, they couldn't pay uh-huh. for it. And I just wanted to invest into them because they've invested into me over the years and trust me with their music. And these three months to me have been, goes back to like, to for me, this moment's not all moments. Like I believe in my clients and the artists I work with that I am willing to be flexible during this crazy pandemic time um, to have a long-term view of the next 30, 40 years that we will come out of this in the next 12 months. And I don't want to be a business that left people out you know, to dry, basically. Like, I don't want to have my clients be like, you tried to gouge me, like, during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, I did not advertise price cuts. I did not offer price cuts, but I did offer a conversation um, because I trust my clients and they trust me. And I'm at a stage where like my clients, we all operate as a business. Like most of my people, most of the artists I work with or managers, they operate and understand the music for them is a business. And so um, it's not... I don't know. I just didn't really have a lot of people. Actually, I don't know if I had anyone really say like, hey, give me a discount just out Mm -hmm. of the blue. Um, I don't think it's a smart move to just drop rates anytime um, because people can begin to expect that. Or if you have like a transactional base type clients, which is sometimes when you're starting in the first few years, you can have a lot of transaction and high not return. Um, you can have people start to think, well, if you can give me a half off now, why can't you do half off always? Where's the value in that? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a big issue. Uh, I did see a ton of people cut rates immediately in like week one. Um, Yes. I saw a ton of people say like, hey, I'm fully open week one um, before we even really knew what was going on in the extent three months later. I think that is a reflection that some people didn't don't have work beyond a week, which is once again when I first started the first few years, it was paycheck to paycheck for many the first few years. So I would have been right there, but I wouldn't have blamed it on COVID. So I would have blamed it on me being new to the music industry, not having a client base, and not having probably honestly enough. For me then, when I first started, the skill level and everything probably wasn't there to be um, 
getting consistent larger clients that do make music all the time. Um, but that's all part of the growth and journey. There's no shame in wherever you're at. There's also no shame in saying you need work. Um, but to me, for bi- from a business standpoint, it's never good to... Um, you can tell some of your story, but to tell it all is usually inappropriate from a business standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. And that's strictly my business hat on. Um, there's a lot of contextually based things within that, but from a business standpoint, you know, you're you took on the responsibility, just like I've taken on the responsibility of um, having this business offering a service and saying this is what I'm going to do to make a living and pay my bills. And so there's an accountability and responsibility that goes on you for that, and it's not anyone else's problem, um, regardless of if a pandemic hits. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if I would have been in a position a few like year two or three and this would have hit and I if I was in a position where I was like, oh crap, the the phone line went cold or the emails just are not at all showing up and they were barely showing up, um, I would have gotten a job, honestly. I would have went and got a job instead of uh cutting rates immediately. Um and a lot of people would say, like, well, it was COVID, you couldn't get a job. In Nashville, that wasn't the case. Like, Amazon was hiring on the spot. Like, a ton of people in Nashville specific were hiring literally on the spot all throughout COVID. Um, delivery, you could not hire enough delivery people. They're still hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have gotten a job within an hour and making 14 bucks an hour plus tips. Like... So I think for me, that's just the business mindset is like, it's for me, it's always been better to, I would take a job instead of immediately cutting my rate. If you get paid like, if you get paid 500 bucks a song to mix and you're immediately cutting your rate to $250, you've just given up 250 bucks and that's like a ton of deliveries, (laughs) hours, um, so from a, I don't know, from a business standpoint, I think it's always good to, to be firm on your rate and not always advertise that you're just trying to fill spots. Um, there's just something about that to me that feels um, uh, desperate. I mean, people are desperate and that's normal at some point, but... I feel like from a artist perspective, I wouldn't want to work with someone who's just trying to fill a slot because that mm-hmm. feels very transactional to me. And I think the ultimate goal is to find people and clients and people you want to work with that like your sound and you like their sound and the money is worth it. The money's kind of like a not the biggest concern. The biggest concern should be like, do you like working with this person and do they help bring your sound or your songs to life and give you the product you want that you're proud of that you can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the times for me when I feel like people cut rates or just are kind of yelling at the internet essentially to like help me or bail me out, it's kind of like, is that the person you want to be partnering with? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's like me making huge broad assumptions on that topic. And I want the audience to hear like 
there are situations where what I'm just said is totally irrelevant, but that's my business hat on kind of like hard ass business hat. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think, Matt? Uh, I did pretty much the same thing that you did. I would not advertise a rate cut. However, I, I would kind of analyze a band's position or studio's position. And if some concessions needed to be made, um, just to kind of be a human, uh, my goal during the whole COVID mess, um, We'll just call it round one of COVID because we don't know if something <laughs> else is coming. We even have a few more episodes lined up here in the future if something else happens. Um, so I essentially, um, my, my whole thing was I want to keep the music flowing. I don't want to be the person who hinders uh, the music from being made. And regardless of when it's going to be released... Um, I want that person to be ready to release it because it's all like a, it's all one big like financial transaction essentially. It's like yeah. they're making an investment in their future, and I don't want me and like oh I'm going to hold strong on my rate. Now is not really the time to necessarily hold strong and fight back on a rate. So I was flexible. Um, I also offered terms. So it's like I could have offered, I'd be like, hey, we can do, uh, I actually offered my old rate I, uh, to anyone who was uh, in need of that. Um, and I'd say, we could do this, but this is due um, upon like like completion of everything. Or we could do my new rate, which... Uh, I will put terms of X number, like like typically it's like in the business world you have like net 30, net 60, net 90 day terms to which then I would allow to be evaluated. Um, so, But that would be at my standard rate. If you accepted the terms, it's like you had a 90 days to pay it. I'm not saying what I offered. Um, or you could pay this discounted rate uh, now upon completion of the album. I'm also, just because we don't know how long this is going to go on, I've been looking into uh, finding ways to offer financing for records. If mm-hmm. somebody wanted to look into a financing institution, like there's a bunch of like little tiny like small um, loan institutions that don't ding your credit, and uh, you take a small amount of interest and you just pay that back, amateurized over, I think, a maximum of 12 months. And uh, for like a minimal interest rate, and it's like if you ever wanted to finance a record, because like shoot, they're not cheap. Um, and also, whenever you come to mastering, you're you're the thing I say is you're 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 lacking two things, and typically it's time and money. And so when you come to mastering, you're out of time and you're out of money. So it's like, well, if I can help alleviate the money part of it by offering uh, a financing option, I have no. I don't know. I'm still weighing if that's like, does, is that slimy? Because I don't make anything off of it. It's just the right. record is able to be done. I would actually lose money yeah. on that because I'd have to pay the company. I don't know. That's something I'm still weighing. I haven't implemented it, but I've been talking with uh, financing institutions about it. Yeah. But what do you think? Is that slimy? Uh, I don't think it's slimy. 
necessarily. You're just offering an option, right? Right. I think you're trying to keep everything going. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, the to me, it's always been in the music industry, like people that don't like talking about money or worrying about money or people that approach like, oh, let's, let's just focus on the music. Like don't kill the creativity with talking about money in my experience. And that was my mindset when I first started. Cause I thought, oh, if I just focus on the music and make all this music, the money will take care of itself, which is like a lot of people, a lot of people preach that of like, just do what you love and the money will come. Mm-hmm. I have found that not to be the case. Like, do what you love and also do good marketing. And good marketing is serving people and helping them get a product that they enjoy and that helps them too. And that's what we do, I feel like, in mastering and is my approach of like helping people. But anyone to me that thinks you are slimy for trying to give them options so that they can have a product to make a living off of I think is the wrong from my standpoint a business standpoint is like that's not the client I want to be a part of um, yeah. or want in general and that's kind of been my hard and fast rule the last I don't know five years was the switch from like you know what I'm no longer working with people who don't want to talk about money or are like mm-hmm. scared to sign a contract because that just tells me like you're not willing to commit and invest into this and you actually at the end of the day, like people that won't sign contracts or give you money basically are telling you, I actually don't think you're going to deliver a product I want. <laughs> like <laughs> pretty much. That's what they're saying to you is I doubt that you will give me what I want. So I don't want to pay you upfront or even give you any money. And then also I don't want to sign anything that keeps me liable because you're I believe you could totally not, you know, give me what I want. And that's a thing because there's so many um, amateur people saying they're professional. That literally comes from that situation. And it's it becomes more and more common um, with the internet because everyone can instantly create a website that says professional mastering. And you can just say, I'm a mastering engineer. Yes, I have these plugins and this piece of gear and I do this and hey, I master now. And then when clients, when you pick up clients, because that's the crazy thing is like marketing will make you a business, whether or not you give a good product will determine sustainability long term. But you could get clients within a week if you were just like, I'm a mastering engineer. And like, just totally botch masters. And then people will be like, well, I guess mastering's like not worth it. And so from then on, that person is going to go to every master engineer expecting to be um, given a product they don't like. And that's usually, that's just like the industry we're in because there's no real like checks and balances and contextually based like art is very, um, some people love certain work and some people think certain work sucks. And Mm -hmm. so... You could hire an A-list mixer who mixes rock albums all day long, but if you hire that person to do a pop album, you'll probably get something back you don't think is pop, and you Mm -hmm. won't like it. Um, So it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting. I don't think you're slimy for trying to offer people solutions to their problem um, from a business I actually just mentally talked myself (laughs) out of doing it, so (laughs) we're all good. That's, That's not even on the table anymore. Wonderful. Yeah, so um, 
but yeah, as far as like rates and everything else went, it's like I felt like just kind of like uh, being flexible in rates and then possibly offering like different like payment options or something like like hey, we'll like look at terms or whatnot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's like it, if nothing else, just like, just just work with people, right? And just uh, just be a human. I think like I think. Uh, some interesting things is I feel like a lot of us who are already in business uh, during the last recession, um, yeah. like I graduated college in 2011 and moved down to Hilton Head and had a cigar store in the middle of the recession. Yeah. Um, like I feel like, and then, well, and then my peers were essentially other business owners uh, down there. And I feel like this mirrors a lot of that and and everyone who <laughs> went through the last rece- recession it's just like all right well i guess i'll just do what i did back then right and they just picked up and they did that right so uh but yeah and i actually had a little bit of a disagreement uh not a disagreement but i just kind of have i have another belief as far as studios are concerned you uh you were saying that uh people Realize that oh well, I can do all of this at home, and so studios where you may have booked time uh, may otherwise kind of be empty or uh, be lacking some sessions. Yeah, I actually think that studios are in a uh, very uh, to be fruitful position. They are poised um, to be flooded yeah. essentially with work because I don't think I. I am not a proponent of belief that you can do at home what a professional can do in a studio. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm a very, and I know you are too. I know you're a very big proponent of, um, uh, like hiring a professional to do a professional's job. And yeah. I mean, I've, I've said this a handful of times. It's like, and, and it's kind of in defense of mastering and not mastering your own stuff. And it's like. Any chef can make a pastry, but nine times out of ten, if I'm given the option on eating a pastry that just a random chef made or over one that a pastry chef made, I know which one I'm really going to gravitate towards. (laughs) Like the person who specializes in just making pastries, in my very limited opinion on pastries, is going to make a better (laughs) pastry than the one who just kind of like, yeah, shit, let's just play with this today. So, um, yeah, so I think studios are about to be flooded. That's my prediction. That would be great. I so, hope that's what happens. Yeah, so, I don't know, we'll see. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm hoping this is the last COVID episode we will have to do. I hope so, too. And, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see like if we're... Uh, far off on what we think. Um, it's like I hope that live touring gets uh, gets their legs back. Um, as of now, it's like I would buy stock in Live Nation because I think that they are <laughs> about to go through the roof. Sam and I were talking about that. Um, I, I yeah, I, I, it's. I mean, what's like the first thing? Like South Carolina is just about fully open. Yeah, and by the time this airs, it will be about fully open. And it's like the first night of a bar opening, it was flooded with people who no longer gave a shit. Right. And it was just like happy hour until all hours. Yeah. I think until like cops shut it down. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah. I think people are antsy. Yep. I think just like the behavior of people and everything, I think people have been writing. I think people have been making demos. I think people have been, uh, I don't know, I, I, it's kind of like, I think it's going to be the trampoline equivalent to a double bounce. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty impressive. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that it hasn't lasted longer, though. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that we are in the position that we are in. Uh, if stuff has not panned out, um, then uh, just I don't know. You, you just kind of got a couple decisions to make, like Sam said earlier. Um, you either go find another thing to do, or you just keep on pushing. Right. But uh, either way, I think that we're poised for some pretty uh, impressive work. To come down the pipes so excellent anywho sam i think that's all i have to say that's pretty much all i have to say i actually at- look at the waveform of this episode and i have one two three four times i talked excellent <laughs> so and they're short <laughs> and then in between there's these like massive gaps it appears of, like six inches oh yeah i did <laughs> well been, it's been you're a good. bit, you know. It's been a bit, and uh, we've been in COVID, so <laughs> you're all good. You're antsy. You're poised. You're ready to go. I'm the extrovert who hasn't been able to socialize for three months, and I'm the introvert who's just been eating it up. So, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> thanks for letting the extrovert talk. There you go. The extrovert's got to do, and extrovert's got to do. <sighs> so, if you hear a sweet beat going on in your left ear or your right ear, or perhaps both. Uh, that is a sweet beat queued up from the one and only Sam Moses over at Beesabeats.com. Are you still selling beats? Are you still doing this? Are we still like oh, promoting yeah. your you can, beat business? You don't have to. Business is fine. So oh, Okay. But so, if you want to keep promoting, that's fine. This sweet beat was made by the one and only Sam Moses at Beesabeats.com. If you'd like to buy this or many others, go to Beesabeats.com. I'm, I'm going to start getting paid for these. <laughs> yeah, so, give me a cut. I need like an affiliate link. Ooh, you so should. anywho, yeah. Uh, we also have merch. This will probably be airing right before my kid is born. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we'd love for you to buy that merch. We found more space Ooh, in our house. Fun. In our house, so it's not coming to me. For it, it's it's not as of now uh, as of right now. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, if you'd like any of that, uh, yeah, we'd love to send you some. Like get, getting a like handful of big orders been really like solid. Thank y'all. Thank you. People ordering socks in the summer. Go for it. Um, I think I think there was one in Canada recently. Yeah, y'all are awesome. So uh, I guess that would explain the socks. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, Oh, shoot, I forgot. Tell a friend about these episodes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like and comment and all that other stuff and share episodes if you like those. So, yeah, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Sam, Matt. cue that beat that's been going on for five minutes. Cue it. See y'all. <laughs>